All right, guys, I'm unbelievably excited to present you with Dr. Allison Feld. She is a cash-based pelvic floor physical therapist out of Edmonds, Washington, and she is a good friend of mine, and as you will hear in this podcast, an absolute badass. She is our guest speaker at our live event, September 23rd and 24th. She's flying in from Seattle to New Jersey to come and speak to you guys, Rehab Kairos, on how to build a business like she has. So let me give you a little preview of who she is and why I think it's worth it for you to A, listen to this podcast and B, for you to attend. Uh, Also, another note, for all my female listeners out there, a lot of us in practice, I think, want to see people who like us, who have done it. And for you guys who are female that want to be entrepreneurial, that might want to work with women's health or pelvic health, I can't think of a better time place to put your time and attention because Allison is an absolute rock star. So the theme of her presentation at our live event is going to be how to become 15 mile famous, how to become 15 mile famous. And so better than anyone that I know, Allison has figured this out. And because of that, she is built what will be about a seven-figure, over-million-dollar cash-based pelvic health practice in, in Washington State. And so just to give you a little idea, she's got three kids. She's got two clinics. She's got eight staff members. She's a published author. She's a podcast host. And her price per session is three ninety-seven. Now, when I went through some of her data, because she and I are in a group mastermind group together, She participated in 22 events, 22 outreach events from January through April. And so when we talk about the idea of becoming 15 mile famous in your community and how to build your brand and build your name out in your community, I don't know if anyone literally in the country, in the country does a better job than Allison. Her podcast is called Edmund's Mom's Room and her book is called Restore Your Body After Kids, The Secret to Avoid Peeing Your Pants and Achy Joints as You Age. And so Allison is someone who not only does the speaking engagements, but she gets patients to become paying patients in her practice. She continues to teach and onboard on a volunteer basis at the hospital to OB nurses. And she loves, loves, loves uh the community and the patients that she treats because she is one of them, which going, we talk about it in this podcast about being your perfect patient and understanding it to a T and how for her, she just speaks about her own experience. And so I can't advise you enough to go into the notes of this podcast, fill out an application for a guest pass. If you are one of my mastermind members and you haven't booked yet, please sign in, sign up for the early bird. Uh, we try to bring high level speakers in to talk to you because what I've realized in my life is that when I get around people that are maybe one, two, three steps further ahead than me, what they do is they open up a loop in my brain as to what is possible. And so for you guys out there that might be in school, might have just graduated, might have just started your own practice, maybe doing pretty well, 10, 15, 20 K a month. What does it look like to get to 80, 90 K a month? How are you going to do that with a family? And so for me, if I was someone who family life was important to me, someone who wanted to also build a business and wanted to make a good living doing it. I want to speak with people and hear from people who have done it already. So she is someone in her mid thirties who has basically figured that out. And so I can't advise you enough, September 23rd, 24th in New Jersey, fill out a link, fill out an application for our guest pass, and then someone will be in touch with you to make sure it's a good fit for you. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I know by the end of it, you are going to be as impressed with Allison as I always am. 
What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. All right, Allison, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm excited to sort of preview what we're going to be doing in September when you come in our our esteemed guest at our live event. So, you know, the headline is that you've done an amazing job as a as an entrepreneur building a business to cash base almost seven figures uh, very quickly. But I think for a lot of people, that's overwhelming to think about that. So why don't you sort of take us back to, you know, you going from your journey of being a PT uh, to being this position of being this badass business owner. How did how did we get here? Yeah. All right. I'll take you all the way back. So I graduated PT school. I became a pelvic floor PT right off the bat. Knew I wanted to do pelvic floor PT, but also loved sports orthopedics. Worked in a busy outpatient clinic, doing the regular clinical nine to five. Um, really, ten hour days is what I was. So a lot more than nine to five, right? Um, I knew I always wanted to have a clinic. I thought it was going to be through this, it's not a franchise, but through the conglomerate of clinics that I worked for before. And when I was offered their clinics, I ran their numbers and it just never worked unless I was willing to work 60 plus hours a week um, to really truly make a good profitable you know, wage of what you would want as a clinic owner or clinic director. So I then I got pregnant. I got pregnant with Chloe and that opportunity pretty much fell through. They didn't want someone who was pregnant doing that and, you know, running one of their clinics. So I, um, I decided that I, after my pregnancy, I wasn't going to go back and I didn't. And I did home health for a, a few years. Is this too long of a story? You want me to keep no, going? Keep going. I love it. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so did home health for a few or a year. Um, after Chloe, and it was just way more flexible, right? I could make my own schedule. I could drop Chloe off at 9 a.m. and pick her up at 2 and still make decent money. And um, sorry about that. And that was a great, that was a great thing for us. Then I had Kano, my son, um, about 22 months later. And he, um, and same, once I had him, really, my passion for women's health was just amplified. I knew I needed to get back to doing pelvic floor work, working with fertility clients, working with pregnancy clients. Um, and I just didn't know how I was going to do that. So I was doing this home health thing and none of it was, oh, well, let me just tell you, they're all pelvic floor clients, but they're all peeing their pants, right? They're all pooping themselves at home. And um, so I knew, but but their problem lists are so long. So I just, I wasn't having the impact, number one, that I wanted to have. Number two, I knew that I needed to help the clientele that I wanted to help. So um, I decided I was going to start my own practice. I wanted to spend, I wanted to go big. I wanted to take a loan out, get a huge place and just do it. And I, I, again, I'm like, really, I need, I'm like risk averse. I did not want to take these risks. I didn't want to lose a whole bunch of money. And so I looked at what it, I looked at real estate around here, what it would be for me to rent a place and really put together you know, a box standard clinic. I was like, I'll take insurance. This is what it needs to look like. But the numbers sucked. They sucked. I did not want to be a poor clinician slash business owner, the rest, really a poor clinician the rest of my life. Um, and if I was going to go all in and take this risk, the, 
payouts just weren't that great. Um, Give me more specifics when you say the numbers didn't work. Is it like what we usually find where most clinicians, whether it's rehab, chiro, PT, specialized, is that the level of quality, the level and service that you want to provide, you, you can't get reimbursed for that amount. And so you have to compromise one or the other. So when you talk through the numbers that didn't work for someone out there, that's sort of analyzing like the business model, how long to spend insurance, not insurance. What were those numbers that you looked at that didn't work? Yeah. So for me, I had two kids, two really young kids in daycare. So my, um, my tuition for daycare is more than my mortgage, right? So I also have my mortgage, have the tuition for daycare. I also have student loans. So I have to make a good salary every month to be able to truly live. Um, And so those are, that was my, like that, you know, you have to have your own personal, everyone's going to come from a different standpoint. For me, I think it was much larger for, you know, having two kids in daycare. It's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when I say that, and I say the numbers didn't run is, I would have to hire aides and PT techs and be pumping out, you know, three patients an hour, maybe mm-hmm. two, maybe two. Um, and I just, I didn't want to go that route. You know, I'd done that before. That's a quick way to burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also what everyone else is doing. So sure. if people want that care. It's like, I, they can go get that other places. Um, to add in pelvic floor PT, you can't do that in a fast paced, big box, you know, way, um, at least not do it well. So of course people are doing it. Um, so for me, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then to think that I'm going to take a loan to start a cash-based practice, um, it was scary. You know, looking back, if I could make a different decision, I could I could have started a brick and mortar right away. Mm-hmm. Instead, I decided to go the um, the mobile route. So I started my business as mobile. Mm-hmm. And I did home visits all around the Seattle area, even on the east side of the, of the city. And... Um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great experience. You know, it really makes you figure out what you're willing to do. Um, I loved it. The money was great. The money's great as a solo provider when it's just you, yeah. you know, like kind of when you're in a sweet spot. But for me, that was never the reason I did this. I did this so I could be with my family. I did this so I could have a good lifestyle with my family. So, so then yeah. you, so how do you transition from, um, you're doing, that and now you have this team like what's that like what happened because i think a lot of people i just got off a call with uh, someone who very similar like they get it going they put their head down they work they're making money and there's this sort of inflection point where we sort of have to decide what we're going to be we're either going to stay solo highly profitable um it's there's headaches but there's different headaches or do we kind of turn it into uh this business where we have staff and people and like and then we might have to have other conversations now we talk about health and like there's so many aspects of it so what was it for you that may and, and the other part too which you have kids at the time and so for a lot of the females out there and we have a, quite a few like high level people that remind me of you but like they have a family want a family and now we're going to go into this uh, thing of being a business owner where we brick and mortar and, and all of that so what was that sort of inflection point and how did you kind of make that decision to go from where it's nice comfortable profitable to this now thing where it's become this big operation yeah, I think deep down I always knew I wanted to develop an empire. Like I had, I have dreams. I I think really big um, of what I want in the future and what I want my life to look like and the type of 
both we we get to play on, you know? So I that plays into it. And I'll never discount that or feel guilty for for wanting any of that. And but at the time I didn't have that level of comfort with my ability to say, no, I just want to have a lot of money and have the freedom and whatever. So I really use that. Um, and this is true. Um, but my excuse to myself to really mitigate that guilt was I wanted a third baby. And if I was, if I had any chance at convincing Dylan to have a third baby, I had to bring in a lot more money. And I also wasn't going to be schlepping my table to all these people's houses throughout the city um, when I was like nine months, eight months pregnant. So that was the driver, Um, you know, the subtle drivers that are easy to like identify now. But um, back then it was, you know, it was scary. It was fearful. I didn't want to, you know, be signing a lease, right? And it's like, I think my first lease was three years. And it's like, how am I going to make this work? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we grew out of it in like a year, right? And so it's like, (laughs) you know, you just, it's scary. It's scary. So, so let's go into the, I, of course, you grew out of it in a year because there are a lot of people out there. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you is because I, I think almost like you don't realize how unbelievable of a marketer that you are. Like you have so much skill to it that a lot of it does come natural. And, you know, the theme of the event that we're going to talk a lot about is how, you know, in your words, and we've talked about how to become that 15 mile famous, where you do such an amazing job in your community, whether it's events, and we'll talk through sort of the different ideas and and podcasts and marketing opportunities and women's health and all of that, where you are like the face of the brand and you've done just a great job at growing your practice and your business by becoming, as we call, 15 Mile Famous. So for maybe take us into that a little bit for for someone out there that is just getting going or struggling with their marketing and getting out in the community. What are some things that you've found to be very helpful or tips of the trade or, or things that you've worked through to kind of get to this level where uh, where your business has been very successful? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, there is a level at which you can say you're quote unquote doing marketing. You can have digital marketing where you advertise your business on a website or on Google or on Bing, wherever you put yourself, Instagram, you can do quote unquote marketing. And that is not true marketing. That is that, you know, that works that can drive people, but to truly like become 15 mile famous or to really get your brand, get your messaging out there, you have to get outside of those barriers, right? You know, digital is not going to bring us that far. And I'll just tell you, I have, you know, I have two clinics, Justin, and the, um, my second clinic, I really relied on the fact that, you know what, we have cracked the digital code here in my clinic in Edmonds, that it's going to be no problem to just go plop a clinic on the other side of the water. And, we'll be able to rely on our digital leads. Perfect. Not even a chance, right? Like I've had to get in that community. um, And that was a rude awakening. Um, And I think there is a place for digital. I love digital. It really helped us through COVID, especially when like I wasn't able to be in the community as much. But what I will tell you, um, I think from a personal front is... If you are ready to truly market, you can be whoever you want. You can build whatever you want to build. And truly, it just comes down to the marketing at the end of the day. You can be as wealthy as you want. Like the options are completely endless, right? It's what are we willing to do to be able to get there? Um, And so it, you know, for your chiropractors, for me, for me, I have a mission to help women and change healthcare. 
and change their, you know, journey through fertility, through menopause. Um, and I really stand on that. And I've become the expert in that whole phase. And so to become the expert, you do a lot of things and we can go through a lot of the tactical things, but I can think I, there was, um, oh I, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah. I want to, something you brought up, which it's one of those unspoken sort of un, uncomfortable things that I know that a lot of us go through specifically in healthcare. So you mentioned you're on a mission to sort of change women's health and, and do all that. And, and that is your mission. How have you reconciled that level of mission to adding money attached to it and the price you charge and that you don't take insurance, all that? Because I think where a lot of, I think our clients and, and we get stuck as healthcare providers is we feel guilty that we do have this mission that we want, but at the same time, we're asking people to spend a lot of money for it and we have to ask them for money and, and do all of that. So for you, how do you sort of kind of, I guess, balance both or how have you reconciled that I can change healthcare and people are going to pay out of pocket for it, I guess, is the question. The only way to truly help people is to get them invested. The way to get people invested quickly is to have them pay for it, right? And um, this world that we live in, the United States of America, we operate on money and cash. Money and cash make all the changes in the world. If you believe that your health insurance is like, is what's ethical and it is not. They are posting billion dollar profits and they are declining people with knee surgeries that need it every single day, right? Like it is the biggest scam in my opinion in this whole United States. Uh, Not the biggest probably, but very (laughs) much so. And so it's, you are doing people a favor by not, by charging them cash, by giving them this level of service. Um, You know, you, when you look at the numbers, of taking insurance, what does your care look like? Well, from a pelvic floor PT clinic, you won't have sheets. So they're just going to be straight spread eagle in your clinic, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's no way you can afford a laundry service if you're relying on the reimbursements of insurance. That's super uncomfortable for everyone. You're going to need to be having aides and a lot of people involved in this care to actually provide care for these clients because you're, as a doctor, you're with them for maybe 10 minutes. How are you going to change a client's life in 10 minutes? at least from a pelvic floor standpoint. And um, so there's just there's just so much when you really start to look at it and know what kind of service you can provide versus what you can't. We get clients every single day walking in the door here who've tried three different PT clinics. Why they haven't given up, I don't know, but I appreciate them not giving up, of course. Um, you know, that have tried, and they've wasted so much of their life going to these places because they're not getting care, the care that they want. It is not the fault of the clinician. It is the system. They're working in within the confines of insurance that's dictating to them what their care needs to look like, which is why they haven't gotten better. So it, it to me, it's, it's, it's honestly an ethical situation of taking insurance. Like mm-hmm. you agree to the standards that this non-healthcare provider is telling you to, to agree to. That just doesn't seem right. So um, that was a little tangent, but I want to, you you were asking before, did I answer that question? Yeah, fantastic. Okay. You were asking before about the marketing and we talked about going, and I'm going to say way back to that because I think it's really important. I, I don't mean to like crap on digital and like say that that's not important. Um, but once you establish your mission and like, you know who you're going to be, you have to get comfortable with being famous. Like what would that look like for you to be famous? Does that scare you, Right. 
for me, it scared me. I felt like I had a lot of like, there was just a lot of stuff that I ended up having to work out myself for like childhood stuff, talking to a counselor, talking to different spiritual coaches to really work through myself to feel like, okay, no, like you can be out there, right? And it's just stupid little boundaries and things that we put on ourselves or traumas that happen as a kid that you you start to think like define you and they actually don't. Um, and no one gives a shit about you. You care way more about you than anyone else, right? So um, I just think it's, uh, you know, working through your own uncomfortable positions um, is what allows you to expand and what allows you to get out there and give you your mission. So you can agree to sign up with any marketing agency. You can agree to do anything, you know, think you're going to be this marketing empire, but unless you're truly comfortable with yourself and truly putting yourself out there, um, nothing is going to change. I think it's, it's such an interesting point. And it's one that knowing, because I know you that you're willing to sort of go there. Um, but on the surface level, when we bring clients in in our mastermind and coach them and say like, this is the plan and the process and these are the units, this is what you need to do and all that. Um, it's very easy, quotes, air quotes. But then we start looking at it and saying, like, okay, how come we have 10 people with the same exact information and two of them go nuts and are unbelievable and a couple of them are mediocre and a couple of them completely fail. And the only conclusion to come back to is the uncomfortable conversation that no one speaks about, which is exactly what you're speaking about. And our mentors talked about that with marketing and, and social media specifically about how a lot of people, if they're going to get exposed and they, they won't do it because they won't put themselves out there. And so I guess maybe to even dive into that a little bit, I wasn't expecting to go, but it's such in this direction, but I think it's such a relevant topic and without, you don't have to share personal details, but like, what are some things maybe you would give someone that's listening to this food for thought to go and think about that's that's someone that's frustrated with themselves or their practice. It's like one of those, I know I need to, and they just can't bring themselves to do it. Like what are maybe some thought processes or things to explore that maybe helped you or could help them get through some of that stuff? Yeah. That's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) I don't think I have a, you know, a one size fits all answer. I don't think there is. I think that's a journey you go on on yourself on, you know, by yourself. And if I would, if I offered you a slot tomorrow on the 5 PM news that everyone is going to see in your hometown, why are you freaking out? Like, what is, what is it that is, that makes you nervous about that? And then take those, just list those out and start being like, okay, how can I break that? Like, who cares if Susie down the street hated you or whatever and like whatever happened with whoever and you start breaking down those barriers and the stories that you're telling yourself, you might not be able to do it alone. And that's where, you know, there's a million coaches for a million things nowadays. And so it's like, get someone to help you on the mindset. You can get a mindset coach. I've had one of those. I've had a counselor. I've had a spiritual guide, you know, that I've had. Um, sure. I've worked with psychics. Like I've worked with everyone. Like I just, you know, anything to crack the code on personal development and really um, optimizing myself and my own mind. And and again, that journey is just going to look different for everyone. But maybe a good lesson is if I was going to put you on the news tomorrow night in your hometown that you're from, what scares you the most and list it out? And how can you break through those barriers? That's great. I think I love it. Go into 
You know, I've talked about how when you go to speak to audiences, you know, one of the things that you've been able to do, you, you make such a connection with the people when you're speaking. And, you know, I, I talk about my own personal journey of talking to audiences, which we're going to speak about at the live event, was from a tactical, but also connection and storytelling. We would go and do an event, we would do the activity, but the outcome wasn't there. They didn't become patients, which made me didn't connect and we didn't do all that. And you do such an amazing job at that where like, whether it is a connection of a podcast or a one-to-one or a group of, of people to speak about, what are some things that, you know, you have observed or can teach and have people think that they are going to do the activities and do the talks that allows to connect? Like how have you worked through that to help that connection take place? Right. I think I just know my audience, right? Like, so my business, the growth of my business has completely and 100% reflected the growth of my life. So I, what I am journeying through is exactly what my clients are journeying to. Not everyone's perfect client or perfect avatar is going to be themselves. And that's totally fine. But wrap yourself in that client. Spend time with those people, right? The more you spend time with them, the more that you know the words they use, the stories they tell, the the lives they live. So you can identify and really connect to them. And I think, you know, so for me that that was so natural because it is the life I am living. You know, I'm talking to moms that just had babies. I'm giving a postpartum talk and, you know, I was two months postpartum at that point, you know? So it was like these, it was so parallel with everything I'm going through. So I can give the the one-offs of like, okay, here's, you know, really what's happening in the middle of the night and here's what you can do, you know? So it initially my talks, they were terrible. They were really bad. And I'm currently training one of my PTs to give talks and she's doing a great job. But in the beginning, it's so tactical. It's so like, here's the list. Here's my intro. Here's how I can help you. Here's all the things I want to dispense information wise to you. And really at the end of the day, where I speak the best, probably where you speak the best, it's like we throw that out and you just connect with what's in front of you, with the people in front of you. Yes, you're going to give them valuable information, but the more that you connect to them and they can read you and you've, or you've read them, they, they, that's where just all the, all the trust in the world is developed in that. Um, okay. I don't know if that is a very clear answer. but So the first thing that you said is something that I've observed very recently, and I've been speaking to our mastermind about it. So it's exactly what I was hoping you would say in that, you know, we all on the book, we talked about Dan Kennedy. And the one thing as I've studied Dan Kennedy more over the past couple of years is if you asked me why he's so good at being the best, probably the best marketer in direct response, it's because I believe that he understands his customer, no matter who they are, better than probably than they understand themselves. He understands like where they are in their journey, what their biggest pain points are, when in the journey that they're ready, what language that they need to speak about, like where they're going to get stuck. And so as you talk, um, you know, you're right. It is natural because you just sort of speak about you. Like, you know, the journey of your client pelvic floor, because that's who you're a mom of three and you get it. And one of the things that I've realized in my own personal journey, going from being a clinician to running a coaching company is that my marketing has become significantly easier for the exact same reason in that in my practice, while I've had back pain and had surgery, not every patient was just like me. So I had to sort of learn about the patient who I was marketing to. However, 
in my coaching business with Rehab Kairos, all I do is talk about me. People are like, oh, it's, you, you must be talking to me. I'm like, no, 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 I'm just talking about me because it's, it's not very difficult because I understand the client and the customer, the people listening to this podcast, because that's me. And so, and so for people out there that are saying like, oh, well, I am not my perfect client, no problem. You just have a lot more work to do because I think to what you're saying is, yes, it's tactical and you can learn and which we're going to teach in the event of how to go about doing a talk and what's the framework to do it. But at some point, if you can intimately understand what your customer needs, what their wants are, what their desires are, what they're keeping them up at night, the more you understand that, the better your talk is going to be, the better your marketing is going to be, the better the sales quote is going to be because you just have a level of understanding that no one else around you does. And and I guess going into something else, which I'm sure you've seen too, how do you differentiate yourself from the cheaper clinics or from the insurance clinics when you're doing the same thing, right? You understand the customer better than they understand themselves. 100%. Yeah. I mean, so there is, last time I checked, it was 25 physical therapists within a 10 mile radius of my Edmonds clinic. That is a ton of, you know, clinicians and people saying pelvic floor, like so um, unique. That's the way to make the money. And it's not true at all. You know, Um, as far as, as far as being unique goes and like really establishing, you know, how you're different than those 25 other people in my area that take insurance, um, they're, you have to have that level of empathy. You have to have that level of storytelling. Pelvic floor physical therapy is just the method in which people in my stories find the solution, mm-hmm. right? The The story is someone struggling through fertility that has had two losses. The story is the woman who's had her pregnancy and delivery and ended up with a cesarean because she pushed for five hours and um, wasn't able to get the baby out and then had to have this emergency cesarean and then had a long recovery, couldn't even hold her baby afterwards for, um, you know, a long time. And these are the stories, right? And so the solution is pelvic floor physical therapy. But if I'm just marketing pelvic floor physical therapy, like there's my digital click on my ad thing, you know, and that, that works a lot of times, right? Especially when people haven't had the best experiences and they come to us, but it's the stories that people resonate with. You know, people are like, I'm coming to them every single one of our discovery visits this month for some reason, like minus two actually have all been pregnancy. They're all pregnancy this month. It's, and we are just the people in town that you come to when you're pregnant. Everyone tells their friends at this point, but it's, it's because no one else does what we do. And, and they don't, because no other physical therapists understand the, these p- people's stories. Mm. Like, you know, they'll go and tell our marketing changes practice. It has changed the practice of other pelvic PTs that follow us. I am 100% sure of that. And I also hope for that. I think that is beneficial for moving, moving our profession forward. Um, but that, you know, people will go and they're just like, no, like I want to have a vaginal delivery. Can you help me with that? And the public PT is like, no, well, do you have your back pain? Where's your, do you, well, pubic bone pain. No. Okay. I can't help you. Like, no, you know, like it's, it's like, you have to be able to get yourself in their story. How can you help this patient? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so you just have to listen, right? It's a listening thing, but it's the marketing is the story. It's 100% always will be the story. And if people can find themselves in the story, they want that. They don't want you to go help them with their pain that they can just kind of deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. And uh, so obviously I'm super excited 
for you to dive more into these topics. We're going to get obviously more tactical and more and even more higher level, because like I said, um, your practice doesn't get to where it is without you being someone that is a, is a genius at being able to tell these stories and to connect with the audience, which, you know, for all of us, if we want to truly have an impact on our communities, we've got to be able to do that. And so um, I'm super excited to have you in September. So for all of you guys out there, if you haven't registered yet, or you want a link to the guest pass, it will be in the description notes uh, below. But Allison, as I marketed you to my mastermind group already, I call you, you are someone who is an excuse breaker. So whatever excuse people have as to why they shouldn't, cost of living is expensive in my area. I have a lot. I have three kids. I have uh, I'm married. I have this. I have staff. Like all of the reasons why people shouldn't have success, you've broken through all of those. And so if people just want to be around someone who's achieved a high level, and even with all of those barriers, which many people would just give up, you haven't. And the ability to kind of just watch you and listen to you speak, um, someone in that audience life will be changed by just being around you to watch you think and hear you. So I'm super excited to have you in September and I can't wait for uh, you to be able to share with our audience uh, even more than you already have. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, the Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you.